Oh, good afternoon, Peter. We uh, missed you last week, but you were back ready to go for another health and well-being. G'day. Good afternoon. Hang on, let me try and turn your microphone <clears throat> on. Let's try that again. <laughs> Peter, good you weren't here last week. <laughs> this week we're going to have a look at the eyes. Yeah, well, they say that the eyes are the window of the soul, but you know, how much does your eye? How much do your eyes actually say about your health? So we're going to be talking today about um, iridology, which is one of the um, one of the tools that we have in our toolbox as naturopaths. I knew I should have been wearing my sunglasses. I actually actually should have brought my little iris torch in. I could have read your eyes live on you? air. Why didn't you? Oh, scared of what I might see, yeah, mate. Yeah, I'm scared of what you might see too. <laughs> all right, you might have to go home after the show or something. Oh boy, it's so. How does it all work? What is iridology basically? As your phone just sends you a message. Yes, it did. It did. <laughs> Actually, I'll just turn my phone. It was from my wife saying, oh, well, "Have a good show." You're in trouble already. Isn't that light? Nice. Yeah, you're failing already. Yeah. What is so, Peter? What is iridology? <laughs> Sorry, I was a bit distracted there for a minute. All right, so. Um, iridology is something that we do, we use as naturopaths, and it's definitely not a diagnosis. So we don't look in someone's eye. So what is iridology not? So I wouldn't look in your eye and say, you know, Mark, you've... It's a cer- it looks a certain way, you've so got, you've got, you've got this. this. or you've got that. Like what, with iridology, we're really looking at um, hereditary patterns. Now, what we know is genetically that you come from immediately your parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents. So you're preceded by three generations or three generations immediately have contributed to your gene pool well you needed a whole sort of science to figure that out (laughs) (laughs) no but what happens is that iridology your eye color and eye structure is genetic as well okay so you will have eye color um pigment structure similar to to those close generations generations. yeah but that's why you and a sibling can be so totally different as well because you've got that varying influence so iridology is a technique of basically looking at the patterns, the colors, and characteristics of your eye to learn more about your health potential. So it was first um, put together by a doctor in Hungary in the early 1800s, and we've sort of been using it ever since to give us a bit of an overview of someone's health. Um, so it's quick, easy, and painless. So that's good. Is it a way to perhaps look, look for symptoms of things? I know you mentioned it's not a diagnosis, but maybe symptoms? Well, one of the first thing we look at with iridology is someone's, you get an idea of someone's constitution. So mm-hmm. if someone's iris fibers are really nice and tight, we call that like a silk, a silk iris, um, often indicates or can indicate that they have long livers in their family. You know, mum and dad are of good age or nan and pop live to their own a ripe old age so you get an idea of someone's hereditary constitution other constitutions you know the type that can you know do everything right but still develop health issues earlier on so you get a bit of an idea about constitution um when i do iridology i look at three things initially we look at the color which i'll go into the next segment um the structure which tells us about um, certain personality types but one of the, the first things I do when I look into someone's iris after looking at their constitution is check out their digestive area. So it can give us an idea whether someone may be prone towards having an underactive digestive system where they, where they potentially may not be digesting food properly. Um, and as I've mentioned before, you know, at 50 it's normal for most of us to have half the stomach acid we had when we were 20, so it's not surprising. Um, but sort of patterns like that will show up in the iris. It'll give us an idea whether someone's got a potential towards um, um, irritable bowel or, you know, definite digestive issues. So how, how does that process actually work if you, you undertake it with a, a, a patient, a client? Uh, well, basically, and again, not a diagnosis, but it gives us a good overview. So 
Um, patient sits down. We have a handheld iris torch that we just like, which is a, a, a magnifying um, glass with an LED light. We hold it up to the patient's eyes, the person's eyes, and um, yeah, we start to look at those colours and patterns and structures. Okay, and then you uh, work, work. I was expecting <laughs> I so much more. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a really simple, really simple um, technique. Um, it tells us about the current state of your health potential, inherited strengths and weaknesses, um, the emotional and behavioral triggers that might cause these issues mm-hmm. as well. So, one of the um, signs I look for are what are called nerve rings or stress rings. Um, and that can indicate a person that is a fast nervous system type um, and may need may benefit from magnesium. So for instance, so if you had these nerve rings in your eyes, I'll ask you questions around um, magnesium deficiency. Do you get restless legs? Do you get cramps in your legs? Um, do you ever feel like your eye twitches? Do you ever my, get that? Yeah, my, my left one, get, it does yeah, all yeah, the time. Yeah, and it feels like people will be able to see it, cause it's, but it's only a very fine tremor. Mm. So I always look at that as a sign of being low in magnesium and also a stress sign as well. So you could have those nerve rings but take plenty of magnesium so you're not going to get symptoms. So that's where – and if you take magnesium, those nerve rings aren't going to go away. It's where that deep – having that deeper look, yeah, so yeah, to yeah. speak. Yeah, it just gives us, gives us a place to start, so to speak. So You want to talk about uh, the, the different eye colours that we have and, and how that sort of fits into all of this today. So again, when we, whenever – like I use iridology, it's always based around what's going on for the patient. So – you know, there's no black and white or, or coloured about everyone's exactly. Yet you want to talk textbook. about our colours, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so um, one of the um, well, the first colours. So there's sort of three, three, three true eye colours. There's blue, brown, and then there's mixed, and the mixed gives you all sorts of variations of colours in in between to some degree. So blue-eyed people traditionally, um, a lot of people that I would see that have that what we call a lymphatic style of iris. Um, often or can often have a tendency towards having an overactive immune system. So these are the people often that might have history of sinus, asthma, eczema, hay fever, ear infections as a kid, tonsillitis, um, skin rashes, um, etc. Um, well, I had a lot of that, and I do not have blue eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's where it doesn't. I'm in always... the mix. I'm in the mixed zone. You're in the mix, yeah. not not to be mistaken for the mixed up zone. Probably that too. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so blue-eyed people often um, they can sometimes they can have really good health as well, mm-hmm. and you know, but we'll see family history of things like arthritis. Now, see, isn't that funny? You said they can have all yeah. of these things, yeah. but oh, but they can also be perfectly fine. Yeah, a- yeah, and it can sort of ju- skip generations that lymphatic sort of style as well. So you know, mum and dad might get um, hay fever or asthma, and the child might miss it, but then the child's child mm-hmm. might end up with gotcha. it. So can vary but um lymphatic types traditionally are the mucus formers you know they're um ear nose and throat respiratory type stuff and often worse for inhaled substances dust pollen pollution westerly winds and um dietary stuff and with lymphatic types generally particularly if they're mucus formers we always tend to always tend to recommend that they try and avoid dairy wheat and sugar or again when we make dietary recommendations, these aren't dietary recommendations for life. They're dietary recommendations to see if your symptoms improve. Gotcha. So that's the blue blue eye traditionally. Next color is the brown eye. So brown eye people, again, tend to come from brown-skinned people. Like true brown eye people tend to have brown-skinned people in the background because it's similar pigment to what's in brown skin. It's melanin. Um, so true brown eye people can have tendency towards more um, gut issues, um, sluggish liver and gallbladder, 
Um, true brown-eyed people often can have things like cholesterol, family history of diabetes, interestingly enough as well. Um, what else? Uh, things like um, strong circulation, uh, hemorrhoids, uh, varicose veins. So again, it sounds like a story, but you're sort of fitting that profile then with that person as well. Mm. Um, and then you've got the mixed type, which is sort of somewhere in between. And mixed type um, is where you have like maybe a brown ring often around the center. And I've never seen anyone have a blue center and then brown around the outer part. It always seems to be brown around the gut area and then bluey green or bluey gray around the outer part. With a mixed type, and again, it comes back to digestive issues, irritable bowel, maybe lowered digestive enzymes, potential to be not digesting food properly. Um, there often can be a family history of gall. You know, and gallstones, you know, people have had their nanopops, had their mm. gallbladder removed. Um, mixed types can often have trouble absorbing um, fat-soluble vitamins, so often they'll be low in vitamin D, sometimes A and E. Um, so again, the colours, uh, not diagnostic, but it sort of gives us an idea whether someone's more gut-focused, liver-focused, or maybe um, immune system-focused. Alrighty, so uh, something to think about there. I, I'm, I'm sort of thinking what I am. I've sort of got the green outside bit. Yeah, it's kind of a but from the pupil, it's kind of gold, like a gold yellowy. I'll bring my torch next week. Well, we're not talking about it next week. We're talking about it now. <laughs> we can have a quick chat in the break or yeah. something. Oh, fair enough. And then I can go and tell everyone after. So, come and have a look what he's got. <laughs> he's not doing good. All right, we'll come back. Uh, what are we going to finish off with in, in terms of iridology, Peter? Well, we're going to talk a bit about some of the structural markings and the different um, personality types. So I might try and pick your personality type. What, you're going to try and pick personality types through what you uh, see in one's eyes? Am yes, I right? Yes, yes. So there's three... Well, there's four, but we'll talk about three today. So there's the first type is what we call an AT, anxiety titanic type. And AT, oh, I'll just tick that box now and move on. Yeah, well, I definitely think you're an AT, and I'm an AT as well. Okay. So us ATs think that if the, world, the rest of the world was like us, we wouldn't have to get so stressed because everything would be done properly the first time. Yeah, I'll buy but that. We're a bit we're a bit anal. We can be control freaks. We're perfectionists a little bit. I don't think Maybe. I'm a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> Others will disagree with that. It can be fine. Yeah. Anyway, so AT's imbalance, <laughs> imbalance are great. Get in, get things done. Tend to be very analytical, spend a lot of time in their head, out of control or out of balance. They're the type that just have trouble relaxing. You know, they've got to be doing something all the time. Out of balance can be prone to headaches, um, often grind their teeth at night time as well or wake up with a clenched jaw. Um, and AT's often hold a lot of stress around their neck and shoulders. And see how you're holding your breath? They often hold their breath as well because they're too busy thinking about stuff. And then do the big... Everyone right. says, what's wrong now? All right, what are the other personality types? So how do, you, how, do you, how do you pick that from iridology is my question. Um, with particular, particular patterns. So we'll see nerve rings or stress rings. Gotcha. What are called radiosolaris. So it's a really specific pattern. ATs are the original self-medicators as well. Often love their coffee, tea and sugar during the day. And then a couple of wines of a night time to calm back down. So, and they can function like that for years. So, um, often goal driven, um, often accused of being workaholics. You know, partner mm. or family forever saying, "For goodness' sakes, can you just sit still?" Mm. And um, you know, don't always think about needing to chill, so they can crash and burn a bit as well. So that's the ATs. Often joke and say, with an AT, you can chop their head off, and it'll take them a week to realise their body's not attached because <laughs> they're so busy. Next type. Next type is more a glandular type. So glandular type, again, totally different structure. 
Glandular types can have a tendency towards more hormonal issues, thyroid, adrenals, pancreas, can be blood sugar issues in the family, um, heart, blood pressure. But glandular types react emotionally first. So they'll react emotionally. You know, it's the end of the world. Oh, my God, how are we ever going to get through this? Right, right. And then they'll come, they'll think about it after. Whereas analytic, like ATs tend to react more from a head point of view. So that creates some stress in a relationship if someone's a head-based reactor and someone's an emotionally-based reactor that can be difficult to work out. Anyway. I think I'm both. <laughs> That's real trouble, isn't it? <laughs> you can have a blend of both because there's no exact one type. Hmm. Um, so glandular types, again, as I said, often can have more hormonal issues, um, can be fertility with women, prostate issues with men. But um, glandular types really need their sleep. So they must get good quality sleep, otherwise they're all over the shop. Um, and the third type is one of my favourite types, apart from my own type, obviously. Um, and these are called neurolymphatics. So neurolymphatics are really sensitive types. As kids, they do they do well having one best friend. They don't do well at school in a big gang of kids. So they're really highly sensitive. And um, you know a neurolymphatic, a neurolymphatic type because everyone comes to them to tell them all their problems because they're such good li- listeners. They're really empathetic. And then the person goes away feeling much better and the neurolymphatic has to have a cup of tea and a lie down because they're so exhausted. Um, neurolymphatic types um, tend to be prone towards things like um, uh, palpitations, racing heart. They can get headaches. They can um, um, have yeah, like the, feel like their heart's racing, um, suffer new, uh, anxiety as well, and often sleep disturbance. They'll sort of go to sleep and feel like they're you know, thinking about everything all night and won't feel like they get a proper sleep. You know, remember how I said I was a mix of the first two? <laughs> I think I'm a, I, I think I'm a heavy three with a splash of one and two. Yeah, okay. We well, they can definitely be weighted, but, but just the bad bits of each one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's to keep in mind. There's really positive about each of these traits. Like the neurolymphatics are really caring, empathetic, sensitive people. Uh, yeah, their that's, lesson. That, yeah, trust me, that's not a good thing. <laughs> their lesson in life is to yeah. work out where their boundaries are. So if they're at a party, mm. they've got to work tomorrow. They have to feel comfortable in their own space to say. I've had enough, I'm going home. Okay. And not bow to group pressure. To sort of stay and kick on till two in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then they suffer as a result of it. So neurolymphatic types need to learn where their boundaries are and stand up for themselves, learn to say no. Um, ATs, anxiety, titanic types need to learn to say there's always tomorrow. That like any good AT will tell you why put off to tomorrow what you can do today yeah. or there'll be twice as much to do tomorrow as what I've got to do. But ATs need to learn to you know, work till lunchtime and then go for a walk in the afternoon or read a book. Um, and the um, glandular type, um, glandular type basically a little bit like the neurolymphatic, they need to listen to their own body and, you know, do what's right for them. So, yeah, so that we've all got better versions of ourselves, I'm sure, that we could Out be there working towards. We've learned quite a lot today. Uh, maybe have a, a little closer look to, in the mirror in our eyes and we'll find out a little bit more. Peter Ray, you'll be back next week. Uh, what have you got for us next Tuesday? Uh, I'm talking about stress. Okay. <laughs> well, so, I don't have, know what's funny about that. but We're coming, yeah, well, we're coming a, to that topic here, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, absolutely. It's such a big thing. Just so. in time for the silly season. All right, always a great program. Peter Mullen, Health and Wellbeing. We'll uh, get you next week and have a, a great rest of the afternoon, mate. Thank you, Mark. You too. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. 
You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>